VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Hello and welcome to Go Green Radio. I'm your host, Jill Buck, and I am so thrilled uh, to have you with us on this show. We're going to be talking to some of the experts about what makes a school community green. We have the Go Green Teacher of the Year, the Go Green Parent of the Year, and a former school librarian who's also a novelist who has some great ideas about going eco-friendly in the school library. Um, We are going to be talking first with Ryan Finley, who is affectionately known after the Dr. Seuss book, The Lorax, as the Lorax at his school. And um, he's going to be talking to you, he's kind of our Dean of Green today, about what he's done at his school, Grace Hill Elementary, to go green. Ryan, we are so glad to have you today. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. I'm so um, thrilled to be a part of this uh, Go Green initiative and to be able to, to chat with you and just share some of the things that uh, the students and teachers here at Grace Hill are so proud to call their own. Well, we, we want to hear all about it because I know something about what you guys have been doing at Grace Hill Elementary, and it's truly uh, a series of projects and programs that schools all over the country could easily replicate, and so we're excited to hear about it. So, first of all, Ryan, what grade do you teach at Grace Hill Elementary? Um, I'm actually a uh, self-contained uh, special education teacher, and um, my classroom is actually uh, made up uh, with a, a few therapeutic interventions, and I have a diff- uh, three different grades. I teach three, four, and five. Uh, so we kind of have uh, quite a mix of students and, and, and all sorts of ideas and everything involved. So uh, we, we definitely never have a boring day, and, and I'm so impressed with some of the responsibilities and, uh, and ideas that these kids come up with. They just, they just blow my mind on a daily basis, and a lot of what I do comes from them. I mean, I, I lead, try to lead by example, but... Um, Gosh, those brains just keep working, and they keep putting out all sorts of wonderful ideas. So kids are creative. Oh aren't my they? gosh, they surprise me by the minute. They surprise me, and it's different every year. But we definitely have a, a, a great bunch of kids here at Grace Hill, so we're excited. Now tell everybody where Grace Hill is located. Uh, Grace Hill Elementary School is in Rogers, Arkansas, um, not too far away from uh, the Fayetteville, Arkansas, the home of the. Uh, University of Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, Go oh, Hawks. Yeah. So <laughs> I got to give a little shout out there. That's my my alma mater. So, <laughs> well, shout outs are perfectly allowed on yes, your ma'am. Video. <laughs> well, they they sent me through college, and and I and I really appreciate the University of Arkansas for everything they've done. I'm I'm here because of that. So. Oh, that's awesome. I love school spirit, and and I bet Grace Hill's got a lot of school spirit. Now, tell us how you first learned about the Go Green initiative to begin with, and what made you want to implement it at your school? Well, um, about about two years ago, give or take, um, I was just in in search for some kind of, of educate, some kind of environmental education that I could implement that it would be handy, um, in the school that, that didn't take much, 
I, I don't know. I, I just I wanted. I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. There's so many good things out there, and I just started looking. I was kind of searching in the dark, and and this Go Green initiative popped up, and I, you know, I said, okay, well, that looks good and sounds good, and I kept searching and kept searching, but for some reason, I, I just kept going back, going back to the Go Green initiative, and. For I, I have reasons unknown to me, I don't even know. Just this this magnetism pulling me in, and everything about it seemed seemed great. And when I started calling and emailing everybody there at the Go Green, it just just felt like where I needed to be and what I needed to to be a part of. And so I, I joined and have used the blueprint that you all uh, most <laughs> kindly uh, make available for everybody, um, and have just gone with it and. And it's been great. It's been wonderful since we joined. Uh, I guess it's been over a year ago now. So mm-hmm. officially joined, officially became. I was using a little bit, a few of your ideas before that. Sure, um, because they were there. But, under the sun, after yeah, all. <laughs> I mean, it is. It was there, and it was. You know, we we just. Uh, you know, as a as as a faculty and staff, and I've shared with them as much as I can. Um, you know what what our goals are, and they, that changes. You know, with with the wind, sometimes we we get into sure. stuff that we want to do and. And uh, then, you know, something comes up and we have to go about it in a different way, but we're really sure. pleased and things are going well here. So I guess to answer your question, it just, it, it, I, I've, I found you guys, I guess it was meant to be. And, and, and it, was ju- it just fit and I felt good about it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, I, and, and I just couldn't resist it. It was just the pull, the magnetism, whatever it was, was just, was just what needed to, needed to happen. And I, I'm so glad I made that choice and we made that choice as a school. And, That's awesome. And um, I haven't is, looked back. So. Well, tell us, you know, give us some ideas. You've done different things to implement the Go Green Initiative and every school does it differently. Yep. That's one of the things I love about the Go Green Initiative. It's not this monolithic program that looks the same or has to be done the same at every campus. It's a program that invites you and encourages you to make it your own. So tell us about, you know, some maybe three or so projects or lessons that you've led at your school that, you know, kind of are, are complemented with the Go Green Initiative. Okay, well, um, when we uh, when, when we first started the this the whole Go Green initiative, um, we we partnered with some recycling uh, facilities in our area, and um, we're able, we were able to really really ramp up the the recycled paper, the recycled paper products in our building, um, going from almost zero. Uh, sad to say, but from almost zero to. Gosh, we were averaging about 900 pounds of recycled paper product uh, every 10 days or so. Wow. And, um, and yeah, and, and, I, and I always tell everybody that's kind of a catch-22 in my mind. I, I really wish we weren't putting out that much waste, but at the same time we are taking that waste and recycling it and putting it back into the stream. So it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing. We're trying to, you know, really push those three R's, the reduce first. You know, please don't, you know, when you're making those copies, think about, Front and back, you know, when you've got some, when you have some of the, the the extra paper from your copy machine or your printers or whatever, use that backside for notes or whatever. So the reduce is definitely the most important. But you know, if we can't reduce or reuse it, we're going to recycle it, and we definitely are doing that. And um, my class is actually known around the the school, and they're and and as the the responsible recyclers, we have our our little <laughs> name tags we wear out in the hallway so we don't get in trouble, and everybody knows what we're doing, and and. Uh, 
and and it says caution round, recycling roundup in progress and that, that, <laughs> that kind of goes around their neck and and they you know we we have to go through steps to to for the kids to understand that when you go into a classroom at the end of the day you know you don't interrupt and and do it in a calm and quiet way and just just kind of be respectful and responsible to those teachers and those students who are less listening or learning um still at this time and that's just one of the big things and it's a big the kids love it, and it's not just my kids. If 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 I if for some reason I need some extra help, I, I the teachers in my building know that I can come to them and ask. You know, is there a, a super student for that day that has really done their work and has really been, you know, respectful and 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 can be a, a helper for me? And 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 there's, that happens quite often, and the kids really take that responsibility to heart and really that. just perform throughout throughout the building, and and the teachers know that they're coming. And and it, 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 at the beginning it was a little rough. It, they're not <laughs> teachers aren't used to people just coming in and getting their trash during the day. But we made it at the end of the day, and everybody's gotten along with the program and, and are so 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 welcoming of of the kids that come in and do that. And it's just it's yeah. just great. Well, what's neat is that you've made it a reward. I love the way you said if you need some extra help, you go to a teacher and you say, "Is there somebody who's done a great job today? Been really respectful." and really responsible. It's not like, okay, the kid who was being a pain in the teacher's neck gets punished by having to take out the paper recycling. It's a reward. So that that in and of itself is a great attitude to say, this is something special, kids. You know, this is a good thing. This is, you know, what good people do. I, I love that. Yeah, and, it, and, and, and I, I appreciate that. And that's what I try to Tell them and try to get across to them is this is this is taking care of our school. This is taking care of your community, your environment that you're in for for a good part of the day. It's not taking out the trash. You're not you know you know you're not taking care of every somebody's waste. Well, I guess you kind of are, but you're taking care of it to to help the school be a better place and to Absolutely. to be responsible for you know what <laughs> all the waste we do produce throughout the day. But we're we're helping and they they you know it is we are the responsible recyclers. So. It's it's definitely not a punishment in any way. It's it's yeah. almost like a job that they some of the guys just just they look forward to it at the end of every single day. And I bet a lot of teachers out there would love to replicate what you've done. If you had to give them some advice, um, if there are other teachers out there listening who think, "Wow, what a great situation Ryan has created," what advice would you give them to kind of promote that culture of responsible conservation? Um. You know, I just, just, I, I, I can't, I can't say enough about the the team, the the people that I work with here, and I have asked. Uh, I, I actually, I had, I had in my mind. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that likes to be in control, and one of the things <laughs> that I don't do enough of. Um, is ask for my ask for help from my my, my peers. I, I yeah. they are great, and I have asked them so many times to do so much. Um, it, but I, but I'm, I like to be in control, so so I, I don't ask enough. I guess if I were to tell somebody, use your team, yeah. use the students in your building, use those. The, the students will completely surprise you with their great ideas, and 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 actually. The responsible recyclers was kind of a a joint effort between um, my 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 classroom, my kids, and myself two almost two years ago. So it was not just my idea. It wasn't just the green team's idea. It was a group effort, and and we we used we picked each other's minds, and we the kids and I, and we just we we work well together, and mm-hmm. and and don't give up. I mean, I we we ran we when we first started this program, the, especially the responsible recyclers. There's so many other things we're doing with the worm bins and the 
and 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 the bottles and cans, and we've got a. Um, uh, composter outside, actually, that, that we're working in, in conjunction with our school garden. So we've got a lot of other things going, but when we first started this, we did run into some hurdles, you know, and, and hard ha- you know, old habits are hard to break. You know, if you're sure. not used to uh, a student coming into your room or you're not used to putting that paper, that newspaper, whatever, into that recycling bin when it hasn't been there for you, that's hard to get used to. And so we ran into some problems. We ran into some difficulties and some hurdles, and we just kept going. We just kept plugging along and... And you know anybody that did come to me, I, I made it. I, I made myself wide open for for criticism, and, well, and constructive at that. You know, I did. Yeah, you have tell such me. a positive attitude. You know, and I think that people respond to that. Um, you're optimistic. I know when I met you last year at the 2007 Go Green Earth Summit, mm-hmm. um, you. You know, you've got the right idea, Ryan. You know that this is good for our children, and other people who love children, like teachers and parents and principals, respond to that kind of a positive attitude. Now, I know how I'm going to remember you because I just think you're great, but how do you hope the kids will remember you and remember this experience with the Go Green Initiative? We've got about a minute left, and I'd love to hear uh, what you think would be the best way to be remembered as the Go Green Teacher of the Year. Well, I, I hope that in, in, my, in my classroom and, and, and for the other kids around that, that know me and, and the teachers that are around me that know me, I hope on down the road those kids will look back and say that he was the one that cared. Yep. And and I and I mean that from an earth from a go green standpoint and also from a from a life standpoint. You know, a lot of these kids need more. There, a lot of my kids, a lot of the kids everywhere need more than just what we can give them out of the books. They need That's to know right. that that we're there for them through these six or seven hours a day, however long we have them here at school. Mm-hmm. We care. Yes, I and want you... them to care about the earth. I want them to care about the environment. I want them to know that these precious resources we're taking care of are very important. But I'd like for them to know that, yes, I cared about you then, and I cared about our earth, but I, I did care. I do care. And well, I, I love cared that, you Ryan. as a person. And I love that. So. And that's why I'm so proud of you. Congratulations on being Teacher of the Year for the Go Green Initiative. Well, Thanks thank for you. having us on. After the break, folks, we'll be talking with Casey Magnuson, our Go Green Parent of the Year. We'll be right back after these messages. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480 480- 
294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Hello and welcome back to Go Green Radio. I'm your host, Jill Buck, and today we are talking to award winners. We're talking to the Go Green Parent of the Year, Casey Magnuson, today. She's going to be telling us about how she has implemented the Go Green Initiative in the schools in the state of Texas and some of the strategies that she's used. And I've known Casey for a while, and I'm really excited for her to share her story with you and how she is such an exemplary example of being a great Go Green Initiative parent. Welcome, Casey Magnuson, to the show. Thank you, Jill. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's always fun to talk with you because we're buddies. We have been for years. But uh, I know something that our listeners don't know. You have been green for most of your life. Um, Tell us how you got your start in environmental issues. Well, being raised in Austin, Texas, it's kind of hard not to be green. I think it's uh, I think it's written into your blood when you're born in Austin that you have to be uh, environmentally friendly and responsible. Now, Casey, but I think my, you know what? I know that's true, and I know everybody in Austin knows that's true, but if we could have you speak a little louder, I think they deserve a little bit more of a shout-out than that. So we're going to make sure they can hear you. Absolutely. Say that one more time for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I got my start while I was in elementary school. Uh, Town Lake Beautification Project was implemented in, I guess, the early 1970s. I was a very young child then. But they were looking for volunteers. And so they made Liddy Bird Johnson the honorary chairman of this event. It's a 10-mile stretch of, of water right in downtown Austin. And they built they built hike and bike trails around, and they wanted to put shrubs and trees and blue bonnets. We're talking about Lady Bird Johnson, so we're talking about beautification project. Sure. So, uh, since my family lived about ten miles up the road from Town Lake, we went down on several weekends and got dirty. Uh, uh-huh. I, I was probably six, seven, eight years old, planting wildflower seeds, planting cherry blossom trees, the same trees you see on the plaza in Washington D.C. It was a wonderful experience getting dirty. I was dirty for probably six weeks. <laughs> um, as I progressed and got older, of course, naturally Austin, being the green city it is, uh, Lady Bird Johnson again uh, put her mark in it by, by building the Lady Bird Wildflower Center, the National Wildflower Center. And she was looking for free labor. And so she made a plea <laughs> in the newspaper about high school students, junior high and high school students, to come out and actually help clear the land out, uh, Build. We built uh, walls. We built retaining walls. We built. Uh, actually, we planted wildflowers again. So once again, I get some more experience when I was in middle, middle school. I guess seventh and eighth grade into ninth grade, building that wildflower center. Wow. And then even further on that, she helped start Keep Austin Beautiful. And Keep Austin Beautiful wanted, I guess, students to serve on there as an honorary campaign. It wasn't a it wasn't a an official board member. It was because teenagers. 
face it, are unreliable at best. And I was no different at that age. And <laughs> they wanted a face of students to help go into other schools. So Keep Us in Beautiful started in 1984. So I got to start with them. That's awesome. Now, when you and I first met, you had just become the environmental chairperson for the Texas State PTA. Um, and first of all, give us some perspective. How many schools are involved in Texas State PTA? How many members do you all have? And yes, I said y'all. I know the lingo. Um, for you. And how many children are you, are you advocating for when you represent uh, the way that you did on the board of the Texas State PTA. What's the, what's the scope of your work? Well, to start with, in 2004 when I was elected, there were probably, I would say there were more than 7,500 public and charter schools across Texas and mm-hmm. probably about 4.3 million children. Wow. Only 2,400 of those were schools that had an active PTA in them. Uh, what I guess what would transmit, I think, was about 500,000 members, maybe just under 500,000 members. That's where I had to start with. I knew I had to start with a, no, a smaller number anyway. It's impossible to reach 7,500 schools in what, with one person. Sure, sure. So my PTA resources went into those 2,400 schools. And I guess today, com- you know, comparatively, we have over 8,000 schools. So we've moved up quite a bit. So PTA now has, I think, over 3,000 PTA schools. It keeps on going. Wow. Uh, those children... Remember, we go from El Paso to Brownsville. You know, we go past the Texarkana and all the way up to Dalhart. And so we are a big, big state. Yes, and are. Austin, where I am, where I, Austin, San Antonio, Central Texas, is one little bitty blip in a state that it takes, I think it takes less time to get from L.A. to Chicago than it does to get from El Paso to Texarkana. <laughs> and That's so, only because of your state police officers. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on who's driving. They're strict. Especially my family. So we... Uh, I knew that I had, to have, I had to have a smaller target range in order to start with. And like I said, the PTA was perfect for that because we're already in schools, and PTA is known for child advocacy and getting into schools. Right, and that's at the heart and soul of the Go Green Initiative. That's why I wrote it to begin with, is because I was concerned about children's health and environmental risk to children's health. Now, how did you first learn about the Go Green Initiative, and, and what made you want to get the Texas State PTA involved? Well, it's funny. I had only been back from being elected environmental chairman for one day when you called my house. <laughs> so I had one day after being elected to this position that there really wasn't a solid program when I walked into it. Um, I had basically built the program almost from ground up, at least a, a, a comprehensive program. Mm-hmm. So you called me and totally, totally blew my mind away. We, I think we talked for about two hours. Yeah, we did. And uh, I realized then that, first of all, I'd met my match. <laughs> you and the program, and then I realized, how in the world am I going to get the word about this wonderful program out to everybody in Texas? Uh, I think I was depressed for about two weeks after that, thinking, I'm, I'm way in over my head. No. So I just had to, set, I had to set some small goals, and those small goals, which you helped immensely with, were, I guess we started with the mini-grants, which mm-hmm. also helped because when you flash money in front of teachers, which they are well-deserving of, they start promoting the program even more themselves. This is a word-of-mouth program, and it had to start somewhere. So I set a goal by for the first year to try and and loop in probably 50 to 100 schools. Right. So during our training session in July, we we welcome all PTA leaders from across the state uh, you came down actually for our first summer seminar. That was a lot of that was a lot of fun. You got yeah. the troops going. You got them rallied. You got them excited. You got me excited. That was and a blast. we started recruiting schools left and right. Schools yep. thinking 
uh, even schools that didn't have representatives there at Texas PTA were, were signing up and getting excited about the program. So it just started snowballing. If you can have a snowball in Texas, it started snowballing. And that's no, how it, it got did. started. Yeah, that's how you started spreading the word. And what kind of other communication devices and vehicles did you use to keep spreading the word? Because you really did a panoramic job of, of, of hitting the schools with information and resources in a number of different ways. How did you do that? I know other parents would love to know. Well, starting with the Texas PTA Board of Directors, which has a pretty wide handprint around the state. So you have people in Dallas-Fort Worth area. You had people in Lubbock and El Paso and Houston, of course, San Antonio and Austin. It helped that I had board of directors that also worked with their local units. So we started there. Then I hooked up because I had I had previous relationship with Keep Texas Beautiful, which mm-hmm. was just another pretty much it was icing on the cake. To, Keep Texas Beautiful was such a wonderful program already. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get into the school. So, and with your help again, uh, we contacted Texas, Keep Texas Beautiful, and they were more than willing to let us talk at their conference and get their site because they had those local affiliates, they had those county affiliates. Mm-hmm. And so they helped get the word out on their website and their conference. And, of course, we had local unit mailings that came from Texas PTA office that went to every single PTA school. Yep. We had the newspapers. We had, of course, God bless the Internet. Uh, we had email. I have. I kept a running t- running tally of my own environmental chairman from local units and councils. I could email them with information about the Go Green Initiative, as well as other Texas PTA programs, and it just kept on going. And it was it was wonderful to see emails getting sent back to me. Oh, I forwarded this to you that I had forwarded a month earlier. So yep. it just kept going in a big circle. Yep, and and what I love is this whole idea of the partnership with Keep Texas Beautiful. Um, that was really successful. And for our listeners out there who don't live in Texas, uh, chances are you either have a Keep fill in the blank with your state name Beautiful, or some other way to affiliate with Keep America Beautiful. That's the um, that's the U.S. organization, and a lot of states have a state affiliate. And then as Casey mentioned, I mean, she started years ago with Keep Austin Beautiful. A lot of cities um, within the country have their own affiliate of the Keep America Beautiful organization. So that was really successful. And, in fact, you know, in Casey, this was really cool. Texas was named the Go Green State of the Year uh, back in 2005, and then you had the Go Green City of the Year, which was Grand Prairie, and that was led by somebody we both met at Keep Texas Beautiful, Tracy Hollis. Yes, wonderful, and that lady. was that was a great partnership. It was. It was keep Texas beautiful, and actually keep America beautiful. Sue Smith and her organization, and Cecile Carson, who also is with that organization now, were unbelievably supportive of what we were trying to do. And with Cecile and Sue's help, we started a campus affiliate program here in Texas. Probably the first one of this kind. Of, I believe that several other states now are 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 copying what we're, what we did down here. But it worked so well we would have Texas PTA join Keep Texas Beautiful as an associate affiliate. Things We don't have that usually. Even Keep America Beautiful doesn't have that kind of a, an associate affiliate process. They have business affiliates and they have, the uh, I guess, the city and state affiliates. What we did is Texas PTA paid the dues per year. I'm the one that had to submit all the reports and get all the information, do all the surveys, and that way schools could join Keep Texas Beautiful for free. Wow. And so 
They could work with their local affiliates. MacArthur, my son's high school, joined uh, as a Keep Texas Beautiful campus affiliate and worked with Keep San Antonio Beautiful on their campus programs. They could get extra trash bags. They could get all sorts of uh, pamphlets, uh, door prizes to give away the teenagers, T-shirts, things like that, which draw in students. And it just was a wonderful program, and it spread. We have we had over 100 schools signed up this past year. And well, and what's really th- what's really cool about that is it underscores the fact that the Go Green initiative doesn't compete with other programs, but rather works best with partnership organizations that already have great stuff going on, like a Keep America Beautiful affiliate or other environmental education um, opportunities out there. We work in such great um, concert with a lot of those programs, and um, that's what a lot of people in various uh, other locations have been learning is that the Go Green Initiative helps to provide actually a catalyst or another marketing opportunity for programs that already exist so that people understand that the reason we're doing all these other organizational, you know, uh, programs is feeding into one great idea, which is to protect children's health from environmental hazards. Casey, I'd love to have you join us for a few more minutes after the break. Could you join us for a little bit longer? Absolutely. All right. Well, don't go away, folks. We'll be right back after these messages with Go Green Radio. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. We are on the line with Casey Magnuson from Texas. She is going to be named the 2008 Go Green Initiative Parent of the Year. Thanks to her efforts, she has gotten the state of Texas on fire with schools doing the Go Green Initiative all over the state. Welcome back, Casey. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jill. Well, Casey, I want to hear about some of your favorite accomplishments because there have been so many great 
Go Green initiative stories that have come out of Texas. Tell us about three of your favorite accomplishments or Go Green initiative stories, your proudest moments. It's funny. I would have to say winning that Go Green Save the Year, the first summit, was probably the biggest just because we never felt that we just got it because we're Texas. We actually earned it. We actually worked for it. We uh, kept recruiting schools. We kept working with their schools. Are we perfect? No, and we're still working hard, but that just happens to be probably the, that just happens to be one of my biggest. Getting a proclamation from President Bush also was another big accomplishment. We had partnered so well with the Recycling Alliance of Texas and Keep Texas Beautiful that we were recognized for that triangle partnership that just and still works so well together. And both of those awards still sit at the Texas PTA office. That's where they are, and they stay up, and for people to walk in as they see them. I would say also, yeah, it was just wonderful. I think also having the summit coming to Austin is going to be probably just a fantastic accomplishment. Moving forward, having Texas be able to show off what we do so well and why we do it the way we do it is going to be wonderful, too. And, of course, having my whole family involved in the Go Green Initiative is probably my best accomplishment after and now since you surprised me with this with this award. So. <laughs> well, you know what? I know that it was a surprise for you to be named that, but the fact is for anybody who's worked with you, it's not a surprise at all because um, actually this is the first year that we've given out the Go Green Parent of the Year Award, and we you know, just felt like, if anybody was going to set the bar and set it high for how to be a real mover and shaker, a real leader in the Go Green initiative as a parent in a school community, um, it could only be you. There's no question. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. It's sweet. Well, and you've really gotten your kids involved in all of your advocacy efforts. I mean, I've seen them at all the conferences where you've spoken, <laughs> and, and they are great young leaders themselves. Tell us what types of things they've done, and maybe even back up a little bit. Tell us why you've done that. Some parents feel like, hey, I'm doing my PCA thing. This is my time away from my kids. But you've got a different attitude. Tell us about your philosophy about involving your own kids. I love it. Well, I would, the boys would probably say I dragged them kicking and screaming at the beginning. Uh, just like every other parent, you're going to help me or else. I'm sure that they would probably say that, that they didn't have much of a choice at some point. But once they get into it, just like I did when I was growing up, I ha- it was just so much fun. And the people that they have had a chance to meet, you being among of them, one of them, just made their lives, I think it helped complete their lives. It gave them a sense of purpose, a sense of service, which that's why we're put on the earth is to serve. That's right. And environmental issues just happen to be at the heart of what I like the most. I, I thought that it was just important for them to know that this is their world. And uh, while I am trying my hardest to make the world cleaner and brighter and a better future for them, it's also them. It's also up to them to keep on working with that same principle. And mm-hmm. so these boys, though, being as... I guess, well, of course, obviously being forced into it sometimes. <laughs> got to the point where that they were being asked to help with workshops and things like that. Keep Texas Beautiful has, has had us as a family in as a workshop, as family activism and volunteering where both the boys, uh, Kenny was only 15 at that point in time, and Grayson was, I think, maybe 8 or 9. And, of course, then moving up to this past year at Keep Texas Beautiful, the 40th anniversary of this organization, my son was asked to teach a workshop about how to get youth involved. And so 
he went on to be president of his campus beautification club. Grayson wants to start one in his middle school next year. It just it, and now I've I have stepped away, and they are doing it all on their own, which just makes me unbelievably proud that they feel that this is such an important thing for them to do. And of course, all three of my guys, including you know, the two boys and their father, are very well versed in the Go Green Initiative. They know the pro- they know the program. They all work with the program. And they they all they we have a little Facebook group now that some of the, some of their friends have joined in on that things that we need to do to help these schools go green. So uh, they're probably they're going to be our two of our grown green leaders of the future. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. And I mean, I've seen them give you know presentations. And I'm trying to think now what kind of topics did they cover when you had them helping you give presentations? I usually let them speak on their own. We had at Houston a few years ago when we gave our family talk. Grayson was in third grade, now that I remember, and he was asked probably, he was probably asked the most about why he goes out and does what he does and why he appreciates having schools that are clean, and, and he kept, kept saying over and over again, I think he got frustrated, that he thought that a school campus being clean and being green and having students around knowing why was part of the pride of being on that campus, mm-hmm. and that if... He had pride in his campus. He could show other students to have pride in their campus. It would, it would, be a, it would also move out into the community. So the community would see this is a clean school, that there isn't trash along the school walkways, and it was just wonderful. Uh, the older one, Kenny, he kept getting asked why, why did he continue working the way he did at Keep Mac Beautiful and what was in it for him. They actually asked him point blank, what is this, what's in it for you? And Kenny, without missing a, missing a beat, said, this is my world too, you know. Love uh, it. And it was just wonderful. I, I I had to fight back tears a couple times. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Casey, I would really like to know. You know, you you have turned out as um, as the Texas PTA Environmental Chair. Give us in in a minute or so. What's your vision of what you'll be doing from here on out? Starting at the beginning of September, I'm going to start working on the smaller private schools. I've worked on public schools now for a while, but it's time for me to start concentrating on private schools, charter schools. I would like to speak to Texas Association of School Boards. The TASB conference is coming up pretty soon, and the Texas Municipal League is also coming up pretty soon. And so I'm working to try and talk to those groups about helping their schools. And, of course, the Texas Board of Education starts has a meeting coming up in November, that I'm trying to hit. Well, don't so forget, you can, tell them, into the summit. you can tell them that the National School Boards Association has adopted the program, the Go Green Initiative, so maybe they could too. Well, Casey, best of luck to you on all your plans. You and I will be talking many, many times, but congratulations on being the first ever Go Green Parent of the Year, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jill. See you soon. All right. Well, we are going to be joined in just a moment with... Egan Cox. She is an author. She is also a former school librarian, and uh, she's got some great ideas for making the library at your school green. Elizabeth, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jill. I'm glad to be here. Well, first of all, you know, a lot of our listeners really love to read, and they love a great mystery novel. Before we talk about some of your green ideas, tell us about your book. It's a new book called A Ghost of a Chance. Yes, A Ghost of a Chance is a cozy paranormal mystery. Now, the key word there is cozy, because everyone will remember mystery. Cozy means it is family-friendly. And although it was written at 
adult level, it is certainly appropriate for, for teenagers, which means it's the kind of book that if you are reading it, you don't have to close it up if a kid walks into the room. And I tell people, if cozy is not familiar to you, then think of the queen of cozies, which is Agatha Christie, and that's in the same vein that this book was written. However, it is also a ghost story. Mm. And so with autumn coming up, it's really good reading for the cool autumn, crisp nights ahead when you want a little bit of a ghost story and a mystery that is together. Oh, I love it. It sounds like the kind of book you want to read when you're curled up under the covers with a warm cup of cider. It sounds wonderful. Exactly. In fact, in England and elsewhere in Europe, instead of calling this genre a cozy mystery, they call it a teacup mystery. Oh. It probably speaks volumes about people who love to, as you say, curl up with a good read. That's right. And where you have a website that talks about the book. Tell our readers where we can find that website. The website is my name, and that is Elizabeth, which is the traditional way of Elizabeth is spelled like in Queen Elizabeth. My maiden name, Egan, which is spelled E-A-G-A-N, and then Cox, C-O-X. So it is ElizabethEganCox.com. They can read about the book on there. They can contact me for more information. I love it. And I know that our listeners are going to want to do that. And we're going to have you back after the break. We're going to be talking about the fact that this book uh, that you have published is an ebook. And I yep. want to get your thoughts about the ebook revolution uh, just after the break. Can you stay with us until we come back? I will be here. Excellent. Well, folks, don't uh, don't go away. We'll be right back after a quick break to talk to Elizabeth Egan Cox about her her latest book, A Ghost of a Chance, and also her choice to publish it on an ebook and what the advantages are to doing that. So, don't go away. We'll be right back in a moment. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Hey. 
You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Hello and welcome back to Go Green Radio. We are excited to have Elizabeth Egan Cox with us. Uh, she is an author. Uh, her latest book is A Ghost of a Chance, and you can find out more about where to get that book and more of what it's about at www.elizabethegancox. That's E L I Z A B E T H. E-A-G-A-N-C-O-X dot com. Welcome back, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us today on Go Green Radio. I'm very pleased to be here. Well, now, Elizabeth, you have several books in print. Tell us a little bit about your background as a writer. As a writer, I used to write corporate histories for some of America's largest corporations, such as the extreme sportswear company Billabong USA, the fashionwear company Forever 21, Matsushita Avionics. I was involved also in writing regional history books for various areas in California. I am also known as a California and an American historian of the 1800s, and I have written two books traditionally published as hard print, 3D, you might say, a three-dimensional book Uh on California history. Now, that was all nonfiction. Two years ago, when I decided to write fiction, I knew right away that I wanted to do it electronically as what is called an e-book. And part of that is because as fiction and in the genre of mystery, it has a worldwide audience. And so going out into cyberspace is a natural way to promote it and to be able to connect with people who are interested in the book. They can email me. I can connect with them, whether they're in the U.S., you know, Australia, or the U.K. But the other thing that was critical to me, having been a person who wrote and had books published in the traditional 3D way, is that I saw the waste of what happens to those books. Mm-hmm. All of the books that end up in the bargain bin, when you walk into, whether it's your corner bookstore or the large chain stores, those books are pretty much gotten rid of on a quarterly basis because the store owners do not want to have to put them on their inventory and then have tax liability. What happens with 50% of those books is that they end up in landfills. Oh, no. I mean, and that's horrible for the environment. Not just the fact that they end up, 50% of all books in America that are not purchased end up in a landfill, but... That means all the trees that were cut down, all the fuel that was used, all of the commuting back and forth, all the storage space that it took to produce, manufacture, store, transport, sell those books went to waste. And that is a huge, huge negative footprint on the environment. You're so right. And, you know, you also are a former school librarian, so you're intimately familiar with how textbooks and reference books are distributed in schools. What advantages do you see in transitioning schools 
to more ebook applications on campus? I'm glad you asked that because already colleges have started to do that. Mm-hmm. And eventually it will trickle down. And that is usually how technology is. It starts at the higher education and trickles down as it becomes, as, as it becomes economically feasible at public school level. Now, I have seen already that in private schools and charter schools where they have much smaller enrollments and smaller staff per student in the sense that they actually have a greater ratio per student, that e-books have already started to enter. So taking this at a K to 6 level and then on to middle school and then on to high school, what's going to happen is first with textbooks. Imagine, and I, and I can imagine this because I was a school librarian at middle school level. First of all, textbooks are expensive. I mean, I have, I have been out of the library for eight years, but even at that time, a social studies book was $40. Wow. Some of the larger books, like history books, were $60. I doubt very much if the price has gone down in the last eight years. But those books are revised about every three years. So in three years, those huge, expensive books have become obsolete. First of all, if the schools could switch over to textbooks that are an e-book, which could be read on the family computer or loaded into the computer that's in the classroom, since even some of the most crowded classrooms here in California, the students usually have one or two computers in the classroom, and then, of course, the libraries have a whole bank of computers. If the computer were equipped to handle an e-book, and by equipped, all it has to have is Adobe Acrobat. That is the most friendly program, and it's free. I don't know of anyone who even buys a computer today that it doesn't already have Adobe Acrobat. Mm-hmm. Well, the books are loaded directly into the computer. So imagine students coming in, and they can either maybe be given a CD with all of their textbooks on it. They can take it home and load it into their computer. They could load it into several computers, a laptop, a desktop, maybe a computer at their friend's home or at grandma and grandpa's house if that's where they're going to do their homework. It eliminates that textbook ever having to be rechecked back, Mm -hmm. back in at the end of the school year. Parents don't have to worry about whether they're going to be charged if there was damage to the textbook, whether it was accidental or whatever, that happens. They don't have to worry about whether the textbook gets lost. That happens. It's just going to be so much friendlier, and it's going to become accessible to all students. Now, Mm -hmm. aside from textbooks that kids actually need for their core class, imagine going into a library, even the wealthier school libraries, of which the one I was at was, we had four volumes of top-notch encyclopedias. But invariably, kids come in, and there isn't enough of, say, volume T or volume C or B or F or G. And so not every kid, every student can get the volume they need. What if encyclopedias were e-books? and loaded into not only the computers in the library, but the computers at the classroom. Well, I love this idea. I mean, it really does kind of expand the original mission of libraries, which was to make knowledge as 
equitably accessible as possible. Now, when people are reading an ebook with an ebook reader or on a laptop, you know, there's a way to manipulate the text to make it more comfortable to read. What are some of the ways that maybe college students that are already using this technology are enjoying the technology? What are they saying about it? Well, one of the things, real quick, I'll tell you about why I enjoy it, and I know other people enjoy it, too, for this reason. I am 56 years old. I have worn reading glasses since I was 20. However, if I read an e-book, and I'm reading one right now on my laptop computer, the marvelous thing is, is that you can enlarge or decrease the size of the font to whatever size is comfortable for your vision. You can also change the color of the background. So instead of having that glaring contrast of a white paper background with sharp black lettering, I, for instance, soften the background to a soft periwinkle blue, and I change the font, the text lettering, to a navy blue. And I don't have to use my reading glasses. I can kick back on my sofa with my laptop in my lap, my hands are free to pet my cat <laughs> because I don't have to hold the book. And I don't have to wear reading glasses. My, That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, and with I've, students, I've they with, can also do some interactive things as well, can't they? Yes. I think by interactive, um, what exactly did you mean by interactive? Well, like uh, in the last minute we have of the show, tell us how the kids can search on data oh, and okay. that sort of thing. Oh, my gosh. That is a wonderful feature. No matter what kind of a book that you get as an e-book, and by the way, all the publishers are doing it now, so the titles, there's just thousands of titles. But the format comes with a little search box up in the corner of your ebook that's very much like a regular internet search. But you're searching the ebook. So if you need to search for a particular topic in the ebook, you just type it in, click, and it comes up with the pages in your ebook. Wow. Topic. That's amazing. Now, folks, I'm sure you can understand. I mean, if you're a parent, a teacher, a school librarian um, in a school, first of all, the environmental benefits to going with ebooks are obvious. We're saving paper, we're saving trees. But this is actually a great way for kids to learn. Elizabeth, thank you for joining us um, today on Go Green Radio. Folks, next week we've got some more Go Green Award winners. We're going to be talking to a principal from one of the Go Green Schools of the Year um, and also some teachers who've done an amazing program to keep pharmaceuticals, medicines we don't need, out of the water stream. So don't miss Go Green Radio next week. We will see you then. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.